Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, August 26th. I see living icons all the time. Today's scripture reading is found in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 from the message translation, which reads, Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. And there was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, They had tax men and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be guest in your house. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I... I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. This is God's Word. Best gospel story ever, at least for me. And not just because in olden days we loved to tell it with flannelgraph and even enshrined it in a classic Sunday school tune. Rather, because here Jesus evokes, calls out names, and honors the shared humanity of Zacchaeus. Okay, it was most directly the shared Jewish humanity of Zacchaeus. He said he this also was a son of Abraham, but we'll take what we can get. As Jesus went about doing good and healing those oppressed by the devil, the devil being something of a biblical code word for our human religious and cultural systems that depersonalize and dehumanize us, such systems that are truly demonic in their origin and nature, a.k.a. the world, What he did with Zacchaeus is the very essence of that healing, calling out and empowering our shared humanity, evoking the dignity we share as image bearers across all cultural bounds that would suppress and deny it. I'm really hoping he doesn't mind, but I'm going to share at length the experience Andy Crouch shared so beautifully in his book, The Life We're Looking For, Reclaiming Relationship in a Technological World. He writes, One winter evening at O'Hare, I had one of the more memorable and moving spiritual experiences of my life. On that night, I was at the far end of United Airlines Terminal 1 with almost two hours to kill. Fearsome security lines made it impractical to go outside, but coming off several full days of meetings and conference rooms, it occurred to me that I hadn't had a proper walk or any other real exercise in days. Because the three domestic terminals at O'Hare are all connected behind security, I realized I could get in several miles of walking if I traveled from one end to the other and back. That would be my physical exercise for the night. 
But since an airport isn't the most sublime environment for a walk, one step up perhaps from covering the same distance on a treadmill, I needed something for my mind, and ideally, my heart and soul as well. I had recently been thinking about one of the most striking ways that the Hebrew scriptures describe human beings made in the image of God, male and female, all part of one human family. Radical, when it was first written down in Genesis and still challenging today, it's an idea worth pondering. It occurred to me that I could attempt a kind of ambulatory act of contemplation. As I walked, I decided I would try to take note of each person I passed. I would pay as much attention to each of them as I could. As much, that is, without seeming like some kind of creepy airport stalker. And say to myself, as I saw each one, image bearer. I started out on my journey at a brisk pace, backpack cinched tight to my shoulders. I passed a weary-looking man in a suit, image bearer. Right behind him was a woman in a sari, image bearer. A mother pushed a stroller with a young baby. A young man, presumably the baby's father, walked next to her, half holding, half dragging a toddler by the hand. Image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer. A ramp worker walked by in a bulky coat and a safety vest. Image bearer. By the time I reached the corridor where Terminal 1 connects to Terminal 2, I had passed perhaps 200 people, glancing at their faces just long enough to say to myself, image bearer. I had six more concourses to go. I walked down the length of concourse E and back, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, then F, then G, then H, and back, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer, then F, and then G, then H, then K. After about 45 minutes of walking, image bear, image bear, image bear. I was at the end of Concourse L, its most distant gates fittingly home to an airline notorious for cut-rate fares and cramped seats. A gate agent was checking in the last passengers on a plane to Fort Lauderdale, image bear. Few of the people I passed looked genuinely happy or sad, but then those emotions are generally reserved for the airport's outer courts. Instead, they looked by turns bored, anxious, patient, cautious, and faintly hopeful. By the end of my walk, I was overwhelmed in a way I had not expected. I had passed people in every stage of life and health, of an uncountable number of national and ethnic backgrounds, some traveling together, some seemingly alone. The stories I would never learn behind each of those faces, the years of life that had shaped their posture and gait, the possibility and futility each one had known and would know, all set to the relentless soundtrack of those two words, image bear, carried an emotional and spiritual weight that I can still feel years later. From time to time, I repeat this exercise on a city street, in a coffee shop, even driving on the highway where faces are just a blur behind a windshield. Image bear, image bear, image bear. It never fails to move me and still me. End of quote. I've done this. Though generally not in airports because those are a bit rare in my experience, especially these days. But I do this while driving. It tends to ratchet down the rage. 
At the store, it tends to ratchet down the rage there too. Not that this is ever an issue, since I'm a pastor, you know. And even at church on Sundays. Yes, it ratchets down the rage there too. Try it. And don't forget to greet yourself in the mirror each time you happen to glance there. Image bearer. Image bearer. Image bearer. As a follow-up reading today, try this rather convicting one-liner from James. What else would James have for us than a convicting one-liner? With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. Indeed, after you've let James beat you up a bit with these words, take a breath and pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. How often do you find yourself seeing random people and thinking to yourself, image bearer, image bearer, image bearer? How often do you find yourself thinking that when you see yourself? How might our days and our interactions with others change if we did? Lord, open my eyes to see as you see. Open my arms to embrace as you embrace. Open my mouth to bless as you bless. Through your spirit, with, upon, and in me. Amen.